Hello and welcome to another interview on GivingCirclesHelp.com, and today I'm excited to speak with Margot Neufeld. She is the Senior Director of Development at the University of Colorado at Boulder School of Education. Uh, Margot, I don't know if you know this, but actually I graduated from CU Boulder back in 1998. Yes, I did. And I love Boulder. It's one of my favorite <laughs> places in the world. Yes. And I was surprised to find out that uh, CU Boulder had a giving circle. I was wondering if you could start by giving us uh, an, an overview of, and now it's called the Women Investing in, what's the name of it? Yeah, uh, it's called WISE. WISE. It's called, um, and it stands for Women Investing in the School of Education. Okay. So give us an and overview of, you know, that that circle. Of course. So, um it is the case at CU Boulder's School of Education that the majority of our graduates and alumni are, in fact, women. And uh, back in, gosh, 2006 or seven, when um, the dean of the School of Education and I first started thinking about this as a way of raising money for the school, we realized that a giving circle would be very appropriate for our um, donor base and our community. And um, because so many women are involved with giving circles and it appeals to so many women. And so we um, came up with this notion to raise money for the School of Education and it benefits directly the programs and the faculty in the School of Ed. And we started with um, about a year's worth of planning and work to try and kind of um, wet the soil, so to speak, and make sure that some of our members who we would want to join the Giving Circle were in fact interested in doing so, so that we could launch the Giving Circle with a strong first group of members. And in fact, that happened. Um, we had 18 members who made the first um, commitment as WISE members. And in, in the School of Ed WISE Giving Circle, we were asked that donors make a three-year commitment of $1,000 per year. So it's basically a $3,000 a $3, pledge. And that $1,000 is allocated over three consecutive years. And so um, we had 18 members who joined the first year, and we've continued to grow steadily, not by leaps and bounds, but steadily. And we are up to about 30, I think 32 members for this year. And um, all in all, that means that we've raised almost $200,000 for the School of Education. And uh, those, are, those are big numbers in education's, uh, schools of education because we are not typically um, organizations that get you know, massive donor and alumni gifts because our, our alumni are teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, was, you know, this is a, a nice-sized commitment for our, some of our donors. And, it, and the most important thing is that it brings these alums uh, the alumni back to the School of Education because one of the features of our program is that our faculty have to make an in-person presentation uh, to be um, a recipient of a WISE award. So uh, that brings our faculty together with these donors and they, the donors receive first-hand information about what's happening in the School of Ed. So it, it works for both the faculty as well as our donors and we've had some, we've had some nice success with it. Mm -hmm. Would you share maybe one or two successes that you think are a good example of what you guys have been able to do? Sure. So uh, the School of Education <clears throat> um, Giving Circle has requires that the recipients spend the majority of their money here in Colorado, um, and we ask that the applications are going to support one or more three types of 
of um, grants, and those would be grants that are, um, improve instruction or have research application around the instruction or the teaching, any kind of an outreach program, um, or any kind of significant research in the School of Education. And so we've had um, grants that have gone all the way from um, $5,000 for literacy up to $8,000 for uh, a particular project around our science, technology, engineering, and math teaching curriculum. We've had a project called The Joy of Teaching with a Broken Heart, which was around reading and um, literacy as well. Uh, so our, our faculty have kind of spanned the the spectrum, so to speak, in ter- in types of projects that have received support, and the women who are a part of this group love hearing individually about all of those projects. And so, it there are there are no failures here. It is a it is a win win for us um, every time we have a meeting with this this group of women, and they vote to see who gets their their money. So, um, there's been all sorts of successes like that. So if I were a member of your giving circle, I'd be giving my $1,000 every year, and then you would, what would you do? Would you send me like a write-up about the applications that are in and and where we might be considering uh, giving money? How does that kind of like, what are the nitty-gritty details of of how it works? So we have, um, in fact, I was just working on that this morning. Uh, We have the proposal format and then the guidelines around the giving. And because this is a member-driven organization, we submit those, uh, we we edit them for, you know, an additional year's worth of time, determine how much money is available this year to give away based on the number of members. And then I send those guidelines and the proposal format details to the members to consider and review and adjust as they see fit. So as we've grown, the number uh, or the value of the grants has changed. Originally, I think it was um, $4,000 was the most that a faculty person or a clinical faculty member could ask for. Today, it's up to $8,000. That's a but lot of the, money. So groups get to decide. Um, the group, as a as the members of Live, get to decide annually if they want to adjust that. So uh, we have a an electronic meeting schedule, and everybody weighs in on the proposal guidelines and as as well as the format or what is requested of the faculty to submit. So those are those details are finalized, and then I submit the application materials and the the guidelines to our faculty in the School of Education. They have a month to complete the proposal and then send it back to me. There's a quick turnaround on a deadline. Um, I make either physical copies, PDF copies, and and start sending them to all of the members. And then the members have a week to read the proposals. We have a scoring sheet and a way in which we try and be as um, uh, objective as possible on the, the merits of each of the proposals. And then about 10 days after the deadline for the faculty, um, again, with a week to review all those proposals, the members come together in person for a three-hour meeting, and the faculty come to that meeting and have about 10 to 12 minutes to present in person on their proposal. And what's really interesting is that reading objectively the materials is one thing, but then having the in-person presentation can make such a difference for the members because I've uh, just anecdotally pulled the members, and before the in-person presentations, the, the members have a particular voting scheme and, you know, they know which is their top proposal. But then hearing about the proposals in person invariably and almost always changes the voting order hmm. of the members. Mm-hmm. So that that's the critical piece in our group and that's what's 
brought so many of our members closer to the School of Education because they get to know the faculty, but they also have the chance um, after the presentations to talk amongst themselves and kind of hash out the merits of the proposals and decide collectively at the end of the meeting who gets the money. That's interesting. So your Giving Circle members are very involved. They're very yeah. involved with the School of Education. They're very involved with each project that they're considering giving to. Um, involved in, in a superficial way, I would say. Emotionally. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's a better way of saying it, not superficially, because I think they, they do become very invested in the success of the projects. Um, but for some of the members, this is the only thing that they do at the university because it, it is so... Um, it's so personal, but it's also a high level of involvement. You know, a lot of people have said to me that they enjoy writing a check to the university, but they like this aspect of giving more because it, it brings them some, so much closer to the people who are doing the work on the campus. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they, um, they really appreciate that level of engagement. <clears throat> so you started off with 18 members. Have you found that those 18 members have stuck around? Or did they just start at the beginning and then kind of fell off? No, the majority, the, the, I'd say probably three-quarters of that original 18 have stuck with us for an additional three years. So what we, what we put in place is the, the minimum requirement to join the group is, is a three-year commitment of $3,000 or $1,000 per year. And then after the three-year um, pledge is completed, we give donors the option to renew again on an annual basis or to make an additional three-year commitment. Mm, okay. And um, the majority of our original 18, we've had a couple of members pass away, um, but we have had the majority of our original 18 stick with us, again, for either an annual commitment or an additional three years. So um, I think we've had all in all about 40 unique members, maybe 42 unique members as a member of the group, um, but at the moment we're at about 32. And so when you grew from 18 to 32, how did you grow your giving circle? Uh, well, that's a good question, too. Um, we, we relied heavily on the members themselves to, to reach back to their CU Boulder friends and colleagues. And in fact, we have several members who are not graduates of the university, but they are deeply committed to K-12 education and our school of education who joined as well. So we rely heavily on that referral, but we also do, um, we do have an event annually in the fall, oh no, excuse me, it's in the spring. We have a, um, what we call a WISE Tea, where we send broadly an invitation to alumni and graduates of the School of Education, inviting them. Um, we have had very involved um, members of our group um, who are leaders on this campus. And in fact, the chancellor of our university's wife has been a hostess for us at the Chancellor's Residence for the YST. Our Chancellor is a former Dean of the School of Education and so his wife joined, was one of the very first members of WISE. Mm -hmm. And so she has graciously offered her the chance, offered us the Chancellor's Residence for this YST. So it's a little bit of a recruiting tea, but at the same time it brings the members together one more time and we feature a, um, a recipient of one of the WISE awards at the tea and um, they give a little mini lecture and talk about the, the funding and the way that it was used. So we do that once a year, but we, we primarily rely on the um, recommendation of our members for me as the development officer to reach out to possible additional members. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So as part of a college, you have some restrictions and um, things that you have to take into consideration that somebody, you know, who's just a private individual wanting to start a giving circle doesn't have to deal with. So when you and, and the dean were talking about, you know, starting this giving circle, was it difficult for you to get it approved? Did you have to go to like legal departments or accounting or anything like that? Was How, how did that process go for you? Um, no, I didn't really. Uh, but I did have to work with the School of Education's Development Advisory Board, which is a group of volunteers who have um, a deep commitment to the School of Education. And we we tossed around a lot of options, whether we should increase the annual contribution requirement to $2,500, requiring members then to make a $7,500 commitment for over those three years, or whether it should even be low as, as low as $500. And um, I had to do a, quite a bit of, of statistical research to determine this $1,000 level seemed to be a good middle point. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a huge stretch for some of our more, don more generous donors to make that size of a gift. And in fact, many donors have made you know, much, much larger commitments to the School of Education. But the, the primary focus of the group remained a way to raise money for the School of Ed. And so uh, we decided to keep it that, at that $1,000 level. We did have a number of development advisory board members um, say, ooh, I don't know, that's, that's high, I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's proven to, to be about at the right threshold because we do have members who have never given to the School of Education who get invited to the T who decide, oh, I, I really like this kind of um, philanthropy, I'll do this. And they had never previously given to the university. So, uh -huh. um, no, we, but we did not have that kind of legal aspect to worry about because the School of Education was doing this under the umbrella of the university. And it was, you know, all falls into the nonprofit world. So, uh -huh. um, no, we did not have those kinds of things to consider. Okay. So you had this idea, you talked with your development advisory board, and then you go ahead and launch it. Um, you start off with 18 members, you've grown to 32, and you've given away $200,000 at this point. So you would say that this has been a very successful effort for your school. Uh, I do. Um, I think th this fall, when we make awards in November, we'll cross over that $200,000 mark. So we're not there yet, but we're really close. Um, I, yes, I do think it is quite successful. And in terms of uh, looking at it from the development officer's perspective, I think what is um, interesting about this is uh, there are a number of women um, in the group who have become much larger donors to the School of Education as a result of mm -hmm. WISE. And ultimately, my responsibility is to raise philanthropic dollars for the School of Education. And, that, and in that regard, it has been a success. Um, but I also think that, speaking more broadly, I think this has been successful for the women as well because they have had the chance to connect with other women in the community who value the mission of the School of Education and want to support teacher education. And they now have a really um, uh, tight-knit group of women who think in that same vein. And so the women themselves have gotten to know each other and become friendly with each other. Uh, which I think is also um, a really wonderful benefit to this kind of philanthropy. So yeah, it's it has been a win-win for us um, on every level. Mm -hmm. it, what would you like to see for the future of this giving circle? Do you want to get bigger? Are you okay with where you're at? Would you start another one? 
oh, I don't think I could do another one. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's very interesting. I, I um, After we started this Giving Circle, I had individual meetings with a lot of the original 18 members. And one of the things that, that seemed to be a little bit worrisome to the group in the beginning was getting too large. They didn't want to get too big. They didn't want to get more than 35 or 40 people in that room to review proposals because it would lose its intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I think it does feel right at about that 30-member um, limit. We have several members who, who live out of state uh, who send us their checks, and, and they vote um, electronically, but they sometimes can't make it to the in-person in, in meetings. Um, so the, the meeting where the proposals are reviewed is typically between 20, maybe 25 at the very most, um, but a lot of these women now know each other or they've known each other for many, many years, and they they don't want the group to get too large um, because they like the that intimate interaction with the faculty, and they think that's that would be harder to achieve if there were 40 or 50 women in the room. And I, I have a tendency to agree with them, um, and I think that's one of the nicest parts of the group is that they all get to know each other, and they, they have, you know, my dean, the dean and I call it that spider web of inter- interconnectivity. They all have somebody in the group who knows somebody who knows somebody who's, you know, had a one of those members um, taught the children in of another member in the in the room, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there's there's connections among them that I think would be difficult to achieve if the if the group just getting um, got bigger and bigger. So I think we'll stay at about a thirty um, thirty thousand a year, around thirty members in the group. Um, and I my goal is that we continue to uncover donors and prospective donors for the School of Education who could become eventually larger contributors to the school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even if you if you don't grow much larger, it, it's nice to have this, you know, $30,000 a year in funding that's very predictable and it's, you know, recurring every year. That, that's got to yeah. help you accomplish your goals as a School of Education. It does. It does. And um, the School of Education faculty understand how critical it is and how, um, and, th- and they, in fact, now start to email me before the funding cycle begins and say, you know, where's the application I want to put in my, ap- my proposal for WISE this year? And so it has become a predictable part of the faculty experience in the School of Education as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it truly is a win-win for everybody. And I, and I do think that that 30-member mark is, is a, good, um, a good number to, to have. It, it's just worked out really well on all aspects. So if, if another school were considering starting their own giving circle, do you have any words of advice, like something they should definitely do before they launch? Yes, they should definitely make sure that there is an interest. And so if there's, uh, you know, a kind of um, um, indis- a discreet way to poll some of the more generous donors to any part of a university and, and see if this has any appeal, uh, that's going to lend um, to the success, the overall success of the program if it is, in fact, launched. And I would also say if there's a development officer out there listening to this, that they need to stick to their guns in terms of the dollar amount for the membership because I um, $2,500 was not really ever considered uh, strongly, but there was a big debate between the $500 and the $1,000 level. And the dean and I really held firm on that $1,000 level, and it has turned out to be the right, the right amount. Um, I think there's an immediate assumption that a teacher just doesn't have any 
access to funds, and and that is often the case. But at the same time, we know that there are people who who want to support this kind of a program and do so and make it a priority for their own charitable dollars. And so, a thousand dollars was the right was the right limit there. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that statistically, the vast majority of married um, couples in this country uh, are are you know this is sounds a little um, macabre to talk about, but the majority of women will outlive their husbands. And um, in terms of philanthropy, uh, it is it is a short-sighted development officer who focuses philanthropy on the husband, because per, you know in many cases the husband's career has had different success than a woman who's become a teacher. And um, the other thing that was important with this group is that we offered the chance for women to see themselves as decision makers and philanthropists in determining how their own charitable dollars are being spent. And um, the majority, like I said, of women will outlive their husbands and eventually decisions about charitable giving fall to a woman. And so if you have established relationships with women um, well before those kinds of life experiences happen, you're in a good position to talk with them about much larger giving. And um, 70, 65, 70% of the School of Education graduates are are women. And so that, that was strategically a smart thing for us to do. You're a woman after my own heart. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's so much like flash in the pan, sexiness with fundraising. And for me, I think it's all about long-term relationships and really just doing the right thing for the right people and over time it, it really does pay off and and it, that to me seems like what you're doing here I, well thank you yes um there the fundraising is all about building relationships so you're right it, it can't be a flash in the pan mm-hmm. and what about like things to watch out for are there any pitfalls that somebody if they're thinking about starting a giving circle for their their college should watch out for um, I, I think probably uh, predictably, it's it's labor intensive in the beginning. Um, you know, like any organization that works and relies on volunteers, you know, there's a certain amount of time that it just you know it has to be dedicated to growing that kind of or growing that opportunity and answering questions and and working out a lot of the details. And so in the beginning, it's it's it was very labor intensive, but this is. The, I think the sixth year of awards that we're making this year. And so it's gotten to be a little more predictable for um, somebody in my office who helps me with this group and me. And um, the nice thing, though, on the flip side of that is that as all of the women have gotten to know the dean of the School of Education and me as a fundraiser, they now come to us with a lot of questions about what's going on at the university. So um, the the interaction isn't necessarily us just pushing information about the School of Education to them. It, it has really um, risen their level, raised up their level of interest in all things across the university. So um, I think, again, it just goes back to knowing that at the beginning it's going to be some, there's some intense labor into uh, getting it up and running. Is there, can you give me like an idea, like now that it's established, how many hours a day or a week or a month that you might spend on on maintaining your giving circle? Sure. I, I would say, oh, it's very cyclical. In the fall, it, it ramps up because we have those um, updating of the proposal and the guidelines and then the meeting itself. So, gosh, but probably in the fall, it's not more than 40, 40 weeks or 40 hours for the whole fall. Okay. And... Um, 
and then just planning the event in the spring. Uh, in the, the first year that we were doing this, it was much more labor intensive. We, the very first meeting we had with all of the members, we had a moderator come in and who was, you know, that impartial third party who would help bring the group to a, a consensus and a decision about certain things about the proposals and, and what they wanted to fund, et cetera. So, uh, like I said, that first year was, was much more labor intensive, but it's, it's a, I wouldn't say it's on autopilot, but it's definitely in a groove now that doesn't require a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems well worth your investment in time now that it's at a maintenance it stage. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, that, that's fantastic information. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to make sure that we know about your giving circle? Um, no, I, no, I think you covered it all. I would just reiterate that it is a very engaged form of philanthropy and, uh, um, the majority of the members really like that heightened level of, of access to the faculty and the access to the dean and they, they, they internalize it and they take it very personally. And so it's, uh, it's a great way to get women involved with philanthropy and decision making about charitable giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very engaged, um, and at different levels of engagement. But your your giving circle is very more engaged than other college giving circles that I I've spoken with. So it's interesting to see that they do come together in person like that, and they do uh, discuss all the projects. I think that's such an interesting uh, dynamic that you have going on there. Thanks. I, they enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> They enjoyed it. Well, and I enjoyed my conversation with you, Margot. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. Thank you.